everybody. Welcome to You Effect, your resource for stories of passion and wisdom from your favorite celebrities and industry leaders, committed to bring you entertainment with an inspiring twist. Hi everyone, this is your host Kelly Lavelle. In this episode, we have celebrity headshot photographer Kenneth Dolan joining us. Kenneth is well known in the industry for anyone looking for the ultimate headshot. He's worked with a variety of names in the industry, everyone from Emmy, Golden Globes, and Academy Award winners to Us Weekly and People to names like Danielle Campbell from the originals and Glee stars that we know on TV. What I really like about his photos are how powerful they engage you. When you look at his headshots, it's all in the eyes. His slogan is he helps the you of you shine through. And it's really true. When you look at Dan Danielle Campbell's headshots on his site, her eyes just draw you into the photo. And it's the same for every single photo he takes. He's extremely talented and really kind of bringing out the best of you in photos. And we got a really great opportunity to sit down with him in his studio and learn kind of the tips he has on how do we take that best awesome headshot and how do we let that you of you shine through not even in just in media we kind of expand our conversations beyond for those of us who aren't necessarily in the entertainment business but some very tangible tips for anyone who's trying to kind of carve out a niche in their industry and and build up a brand so let's hear some of the insights he had to share UFECT is pleased to have Kenneth Dolan with us today. He's a well-respected photographer here in LA. Now, Kenneth, I have to ask you, where did it all begin? Where did you first find your passion in photography? Well, I found it about 10 years ago. I was a working actor, and prior to that, I had produced television commercials and some TV and some film, and I loved working with actors, and I wanted to find a way to combine my love of acting with my love of making film. And so I started taking pictures, kind of on a whim, uh, and ten years later, it's something I'm still doing and still loving. And you're really taking it full circle, because not only do you act as a photographer, but you also coach acting and you coach photography as well. You really are giving back and mentoring. How has mentoring played a role in your career? It's imperative to me. With regards to coaching photographers, there's no such thing as competition. Uh, every time I coach, I learn more than I teach, and that's why I do it. I love helping people. I believe that the more you give, the more you get back. So when I coach someone, even though I might be teaching them a tremendous amount about how to do this, either artistically, aesthetically, in terms of business, I always learn something from them. Sometimes it gives me clarity as to what I'm doing or how I'm working with people. So to me, coaching is a learning experience. And I think it's really important. We work in a an industry that sometimes can feel very superficial and sometimes it's all about me, 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 what can I get? I'm so hungry for this thing I want. And so one of the ways to feel really good about the industry we work in is to turn that on its head and say, how can I help people? How can I be of service? And when you do that, your work improves, people like you more, and you just feel really good about what you do and you find the positivity of what we're doing. So I love coaching photographers. I would love to create, uh, to create like five great competitors. That'd be wonderful, and I'll be blessed if I do that. I love coaching actors because I was an actor for a long time, and uh, it's an act of empowerment. So a lot of what I do is about giving back, whether it's that or working with kids or doing pro bono shoots with disadvantaged kids. It's 
a big part of my life and what I do. And you yourself have quite been a mentor too. You've actually coached under Larry Moss, you were telling me at one point. When I was an actor, I worked with Larry Moss, who's a, a wonderful teacher. Among many other teachers, the late Stella Adler was somebody I worked with too, who was really interesting. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> now you really made, um, starting on just a passion, like you've made quite a good career for yourself. You're known in Beverly Hills and Los Angeles as the one of the uh, photographers to go to for headshots. You've shot from Emmy nominees and winners to to anyone you can imagine. And so, how did you go about? How did you write your success story? What were those first steps that have brought you to where you are today? Do you know, I don't know uh, to what extent I wrote it or to what extent it was written for me. I don't know. I started doing it, and so much of it, like so much of what we discover in life, was not planned. It wasn't like I wrote uh, the outline and knew how the story would end or where it would progress. I just started by writing chapter one and did the best I could, uh, was the best I could be with people, did the best photos I could take. Always remembered something I read in a Michael Chertliff book years ago about auditioning. He wrote a book called Audition, seminal book for actors about auditioning. And this, the, the preeminent message throughout that book was find the love. So I just remember to try to find the love. I don't succeed all the time, but mostly I do. Treat people with love, do your work with love, make it a joyful and positive process. And I started shooting, and people started calling me, saying, hey, we like what you did. Will you do it again? Will you do more? And kept doing it. And the story kind of wrote itself. Uh, in terms of transitioning into doing coaching, that wrote itself uh, that story wrote itself too. I had a couple actors I was working with say, God, I felt really alive when I shot with you and I felt so connected as an actor. It wasn't posing for photos. It was connecting. It was finding triggers. It was getting emotionally alive. And I always told them, yeah, my job is 90% working with people, getting actors to come alive, and 10% about the technical aspects of photography. So I had people actually outreach to me saying, God, I have an audition coming up. Can I work with you? Worked with a kid who hadn't gotten a call back in two years. He had been a, I won't say who it is, a Disney and a Nickelodeon star. And he was transitioning into doing more adult work and deeper work. Worked with him and he got into for a series. And so his management company outreached to me and uh, that helped me transition into doing coaching. And I've really enjoyed working with people who have had success as young actors who can get by on being cute and doing great line readings and helping them transition into doing the work in a really deep, in a really connected way, finding triggers and doing the work from emotional truth. So all that stuff just sort of happened as a result of just, I don't know, treating the world with love and doing my work the best I could. And we were talking earlier about the trials as, as an actor or it just, I don't really think it even just pertains to acting, I think it can pertain to anything in life. Uh, when you have that goal that you're really the sum of the choices that you make and a lot of the times I feel we do stop at those, those initial no's or those barriers and I'm just curious on what your thoughts are on why we should pursue past those no's. Because uh, at the risk of sounding crass. There's a great screenwriter, I forgot it was, William Goldman, I think, maybe, who said, in Hollywood, the truest of true, and I'm paraphrasing this, is that nobody knows anything. And, you know, you're going to get a myriad of opinions about you. Everyone is going to opine. You know what? You're too cute. Your eyes are too blue. You're too quirky. You're not quirky enough. You're not pretty enough. You're too pretty. 
And ultimately, because you're going to get so many opinions, the opinion that matters is your own. You're going to get people discounting you and diminishing you. And sometimes they just don't know. And I always tell actors these two stories, and I hope I get them right. There's a very famous story about Fred Astaire, and apparently a talent scout from one of the major studios went to see him in New York. He was performing on Broadway with his sister Adele. We're talking about this dancing duo and Broadway duo and trying to make them stars in Hollywood. And the talent scout, if I remember the words correctly, wrote back a, um, a message to the studio, the Paramount or MGM or whatever. It was a telegram back in the day. And the telegram said, I think this is verbatim, if not words to the effect. Can't sing, can't act, balding, can dance a little, pass. That's what an expert wrote about Fred Astaire. Fred Astaire was one of the greatest presences ever to grace the silver screen. The greatest dancer. And bigger than almost any movie star you can think about today, he, he ruled cinema. He's an American icon. There's another story about Meryl Streep, and I don't know if this is urban myth or true. I hope in a way it's true because I love the message of it. That she met with some, the story I was told, she met with an agent when she was out of the old drama. And they said, you know, you're not a character actress, but you're not really pretty enough to be a leading lady. So we don't think you're good looking enough, you might want to get a nose job. They passed. Meryl Streep, arguably the greatest film actor or actress to ever. So I think, you know, there are going to be so many opinions that are wrong and ultimately your belief in self is really important. Now sometimes opinions are things we can learn from. If you hear the same thing enough, it becomes the wisdom of all you. If you meet with 800 people and 800 people say, you know, that, uh, I'll make up something absurd, the purple lipstick you wear all the time and the red eyeliner is not doing well for you, you might want to consider that if it's an opinion to hear a million times. But, you know, I think a lot of people, probably like I'm doing now, love to pontificate in Hollywood and give their opinions. And so you hear them, you take them with a grain of salt, and you look in the mirror and you say, what's my truth? I love that, because it's very true. I, in reality, some of my greatest supporters to date were ones that were first the ones who closed the doors or underestimated me. And it's because I didn't stop on that note, but I wouldn't ignore the note either. You, you take it back, you reflect on it, take in their feedback. But then you reapproach them, or you go out and continue to do what you do, uh, and you don't give up. You you just keep going, and eventually you'll find that success. It just might not be under the first closed door. It might be under the third, fourth, or tenth. Absolutely, talent and tenacity, double T. You got to be really good. You know, there are a lot of people who are pursuing this who really just aren't. I'll find the right words. Maybe refined or not where they need to be as actors. And that's the imperative. You have to be really good. But once you're good, you have to be incredibly tenacious and you have to have an incredible work ethic. And the two must be combined in equal measure. You know, you can have all the talent in the world and if you don't have a work ethic or tenacity, you won't do well. You can have all the tenacity in the world and you can meet everybody and schmooze everybody and know everybody and maybe get some opportunities to audition. But if you don't have the gifts as an artist or the ability to do the work, you'll fail. And it's this beautiful alchemy of the two combining. And when they do, then anything's possible. And possible is the operative word. Nothing's guaranteed, but if you combine those two things, possibility exists. Possibility is beautiful. And it really sounds like in all of the our conversations that 
Success really lies though in your core and being able to first accept yourself and being able to, to care for yourself and, and understand your own potential in order for others to, to acknowledge your potential and see it themselves. You have to, it all starts with you. Absolutely. Um, because you can, there's so much self-sabotage and I used to be incredibly guilty of this. I'll tell you a true story. But I'll lie about the names. Nobody gets trouble. But I was when I was an actor back in the day. I did a play at a very, very, very well-regarded uh, stage venue. I did uh, a lot of theater. I loved it, and a very famous high-end venue. One of our few sort of uh, uh, respected national theater companies. And somebody came up to me after my performance and said, "Really nice work." And instead of saying thank you because so much of what you do does lie here self-belief. I was such a self-flagellator and I was so down on myself at that point in life. Um, I destroyed a huge opportunity and when he said really good work I said really I wasn't there tonight. I don't know. I just don't think I did well and I just I don't know. I was so much more connected the other day. I wish you would have seen it the other day. And he looked at me. It's a beautiful life lesson and he said whatever. And he walked away. Another cast member was in that play came up to me and said, do you know who that was? Who were you talking to? You know who you were talking to? And I said, no, I'm not going to say the name. It was a very famous casting director. And they said, it's blah, blah, blah. I said, really? Oh my gosh. They said, what they say? And I said, they, they said they like my work. Call them, call them, call them. So the beautiful gift someone gave me, I'll try to make the story short. I called the office of this famous casting director. I said, hey, it's Kenneth Dolan. You saw me in a play last night. And thank you for your kind words, and I would really love to chat with you, maybe I can come in. And of course I got to that secretary, and they said, well, we'll let them know you called. I got a call back. That's very rare. And this casting director, who will remain nameless, said this to me. He said, your work was really amazing, and I was sincere in my compliment, but you're not ready. And I knew what he meant. Um, I was so self-flagellating, I didn't have at my core that belief in myself, which is why I beat myself up in front of him, that he was saying, you need to get your SHI blank together. You're not ready. How are we going to have you on set? How are you going to be someone we can have faith in? And what I should have done was smile and say thank you. And if I had more belief in myself at that time, I would have. So yeah, so much of what you believe about yourself at your core um, defines how other people will perceive you and their ability to believe in you. I had the gifts as an artist at the time. I didn't have the gifts of self-love. And confidence. Yeah. And in that self-love and confidence, and it actually translates a lot even to, to photos. Uh, you actually created the Tao of headshots, and I think one of the first ones on that is um, knowing that it's, it's about you and being able to show your true self through the eyes of a photo, and I think um, that's probably, it stems right into that. <laughs> yeah, it does. I mean, a lot of people do headshots wrong, and they think it's about the outfit, or the background. Or the hair accessory. The hair accessory. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, ultimately it's about the you of you. And actually other stuff becomes superfluous, and it gets in the way. You know, your headshot is not about, look at that amazing background, because then they're looking at the amazing background. If people are saying, my God, look at that accessory, and look at her hair, and she, her jewelry is so cute, that outfit is amazing, well, they're paying attention to all this external stuff. 
But what's important is your soul shining through. So I think in a way, one of the things that people do wrong is they put too much in it. And it's all this sort of superfluous outside stuff. And I want the shots to be about you. I don't want people to look at my shots and say, God, that's an amazing photo, even. If it's too much about my photography, it doesn't work. That's for editorial photography or for fine art. I want them to look at the images and say, wow, what an amazing person. I almost forget the photography. And I think, you know, that's maybe the fault of photographers because they fall in love with their own work. And that's why I always say my job is 90% about working with actors, 10% about photography. It's about you shining through in a really clean way with your eyes feeling alive and you feeling really connected. It's about the colors that live inside of you coming out. And if we do that, we win. So quick tips for someone who's trying to do a good headshot is to first show their true self. To shine kind of through their eyes, smile with their eyes, they always say. Yeah, but I mean, if you try to smile with your eyes, you're like, <laughs> and that doesn't work. So, you know, uh, I always tell people in, in the right way if they understand this, that you are enough. I quote Dr. Seuss on uh, my website. I love uh, Dr. Seuss for actors. One of the great quotes is, today you are you. This is truer than true. There is no one alive who is your than you. Be yourself. Have faith that you're enough, that you're interesting. You don't have to try to be interesting because you already are. All the qualities that live inside of you will come through if you have faith that they're there. The more you try to be interesting, the less interesting you are. And so I tell people that all the time, you're enough. I don't want to bring like a stethoscope and a doctor's smock to show I can play a doctor. And they want to bring, you know, a cop badge and a cop outfit to show that they can play a cop. And I say, you know, who's your favorite actress? Or who's your favorite actor? Well, who's yours? Um, Audrey Hepburn. Okay, great. What a lovely, elegant presence. Then I will say, well, what would Audrey do? Okay. Would she wear a doctor's smock? Would she have to, if she had a, a lower end agent, they're like, you got to do cute and fake glasses. Bye. <laughs> you know, and then you got to drop the clipboard for your business shot. Would she do that? No. No. She had faith that the qualities that made her Audrey Hepburn live inside of her, which is an inherent sense of elegance and intelligence, and sophistication. sophistication, and a profound beauty and a profound sense of sort of she was a little bit imperious in a way, like a little royal, but not off-putting and still excessive. Those aren't things you can do. I mean, yes, wardrobe, you want to look elegant.
Thanks for tuning in to You Effect. I'm your host, Kelly Lavelle. For daily inspiration and insights, you can follow me at Kelly A. Lavelle on Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat. And until our next episode, remember, change starts with you.